jazz comes from different styles of music. So I, my, I'm one of those people I think of like, oh, my mind goes. So I, I love that question because I want to make sure that my answer is not saying if it has this and it has this and it has this, then it's jazz. Because it's not what it is. It's ever changing. Music is ever evolving. So lose what it is today is not what it possibly was 50 years ago. So um, I really don't want to categorize uh, what jazz is. I think it's our responsibility, my responsibility, to fuse like the styles together, which is what how jazz came together anyways. I'm happy you didn't ask uh, what the meaning of rock and roll is. That would have been just... <laughs> jazz. 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 Jazz with Kenny Anderson. Jasmine Jen is a national smooth jazz and gospel recording artist as well as an accomplished music educator. She was awarded the prestigious 2019 NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Jazz Album, The Story of Jazz. I am honored and privileged to have on the Jazz with Kenny Anderson podcast today none other than Jasmine Jen. How are you doing, Jazz? I'm doing good. Doing good and so happy to be here. Listen, I always uh, think that the opportunity to talk to you is an extreme privilege and joy because I think you bring so much to the industry just because of your passion for life, your passion for music, and so much more. So again, thank you for being here today. We're going to just have this cool conversation that I know everyone is going to enjoy thoroughly. You, you are a native of where I have lived for many, many years now, and that's Huntsville, Alabama. So we got to take it back to the roots. Talk to me a little bit about what it was like growing up in Huntsville for you and then how your musical roots were established. Mm, wow. So I, growing up in Huntsville was definitely a treat and a big part of who I am today. So I, I grew up, um, you know, playing the saxophone and the piano uh, at Indian Creek Primitive Baptist Church. And uh, I got a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pastor Timothy Rainey. And um, before I even touched the saxophone, I played the piano. So I'd, you know, play the piano for Sunday school. And um, it's great because you get to hear the sounds of the choir and the sounds of the other musicians. And, um, you know, my even at home, my parents, they love jazz music. So they had jazz CDs playing. And so I, I am so thankful to just be immersed with all of those, you know, different sounds of music, Donny Hathaway, Kirk Whalum, just mm-hmm. mixture everything. Um, so, and I think that is what, uh, as far as the soul aspect, I pride myself in playing in a soulful uh, manner. And it's from growing up playing in church and listening to the, all those uh, different musicians and the CDs my parents had. So So connect the dots for me for a moment, because so many people do identify their roots as those early experiences in church and part of the influence being how they were impressed by performers or performances. What was that experience like for you in terms of how it has impacted your journey in music? Well, the interesting thing, uh, growing up, I would go to jam sessions, quite a few jam sessions. Um, and, you know, I was in like high school and um, near the end of middle school. So that experience, often the only female, <laughs> um, and you're surrounded by, to be quite honest, all these musicians that are, you know, really, I feel uh, grooming me to be, to be who, I, who I am now, because there's just a certain, um, how can I say, 
dynamic when you're at jam sessions and you know and then you look at certain like etiquette things and like someone looks over at you and then it's time to play those are the things that you don't learn in the classroom Mm. so uh that was the hands-on experience um that again shaped and molded me yeah it's real interesting because uh, we often talk about the influence of mentors and -hmm. i know you've had people who have mentored you directly, whether they were teachers, coaches, or just family supporters. Uh, but you've also had the chance to, in the space you're in, being a female, as you said, sometimes being the only female, playing the saxophone to uh, be inspired by some mentors and people that you've been able to look up to. Talk about the value that that has had on your music journey. Uh, that's something I didn't even realize until maybe like ninth grade, that was my first time realizing, um, hey, I'm a little different. And possibly, you know, you start getting into like sexism and gender discrimination. I remember I was at a a jazz camp and uh, I did audition and we we get to go into our various groups, like a jazz quartet. And I go up to the door and I knock on the door and this man opens up the the door and there's, uh, let's say four or five men there. And I said, is this where quartet number four is? is practicing. And, and he said, yes. And then he just closed the door in my face. Ooh. And, um, and that was the, that was kind of like the first time I was like, well, okay, I, I didn't really know what to do. I, you know, it was, that was a new experience for me. Um, however, I don't take that lightly. I think it's definitely shaped how I consciously want to pro- not just portray myself or just live and be on my purpose how I want to inspire other women to join jazz, um, which is something I've really uh, been striving and working towards um, within this past year and within while being in school. Yeah, and we're going to talk definitely about you being in school because uh, that's an exciting part and an extension of your journey of success as well. I want to ask you about the life-changing experience that you had when you went on a cruise, which is really how we got connected in learning about the experience that you had and an opportunity that had presented itself because of a performer who we were bringing to Huntsville in order to be a part of my scholarship fundraiser that I do every year. Uh, Talk about that experience because every time I hear it, I'm just blown away by what you have to say about that experience for you. I think all of that boils down to, you have people that give you opportunities and that give you chances. Again, none of us would be where we are if it weren't for, like you're saying, those mentors and all of those people. So please know that you are a big part of that as well. Um, but I, I, went on, <laughs> I went on the Smooth Jazz Cruise and I, I wanna say it was 2014. Um, and so I went on the cruise, it was a gift. And I, I brought my, my saxophone and my mom went with me and they have this show your talent competition. And I did the competition and the judges are like, Marcus Miller and Boney James and Brian Culbertson. So of course I'm nervous because, you know, I, I grew up listening to these people and in, in my mind, I'm like, they wouldn't have time to, to talk to me or any, you know, they are who they are. And I think there were so many lessons learned um, there. I, Brian Culbertson told me, I'll never forget. He's like, as long as you have fun, mm. everyone else will have fun too. Mm. So mm. that's something I took with me that, you know, music should be an enjoyable experience. Um, also, Marcus Miller was just trying to say uh, kind of the path for music, how it's just is work, it's the hustle. Um, but the path can be different for, for women often um, than men. So he's just getting to talk to these people and seeing that they're amazing musicians and people. 
So of course, Brian Simpson, I met there as well. And uh, months after I saw Brian Simpson, I'd be exchanged information. I saw he was playing in Huntsville and I was like, you know, I'd love to perform with you. And, um, and that's how I, of course, contacted you. And I was like, you know, can you go please, you know, <laughs> and um, which goes back to, again, people who give you opportunities and you just never know um, what comes from that. So again, thank you. <laughs> well, listen, um, I would have been the wrong person to not have allowed you to be a part of that experience. It would have been my bad and my <laughs> mistake. Uh, because I remember that performance, it was the Huntsville Museum of Art in the Spencer Hall. And you were a part of Brian's performance that night and you electrified the audience in a uh, way that a lot of people don't often experience saxophonists. And um, I just have to ask you about the incredible energy that's produced in your performance because I've seen it consistently and time and time again. What's the motivation behind it? Other than the fact that you want to play and you want to perform, but you really, I think, are very distinctive in the way you do that. Talk a little bit about just the performance aspect and what you're trying to bring to the stage uh, whenever you get up and perform. I, I think that's something I'm constantly working on. Uh, but my main goal is always to have a connection, whether it's the music I write, um, the music I perform. I always want it to connect to everyone, whether it's a Latin song, whether it uh, has gospel roots, the song does, whether it's kind of R&B, whatever the style may be, funk, um, I'd like to form that connection. And sometimes I want to make sure I give my 100% just to hopefully get 80, you know, so that's the mentality I have. And, um, and I, I really enjoy it. So if anything, I am having fun. Yeah. You give 110%, sometimes okay. 120. I mean, you're always in a position where you're leaving it all on the stage. And the audience just appreciates it. I'm, I'm one of those folk who, as much as I enjoy the music, I like to step back sometimes and see that connection that the performer is making with the audience. And you absolutely have mastered that. Jasmine, you are a graduate of both Florida State University, Tennessee State University, a couple of schools I have great respect for. You landed in the music education arena as an educator. And I think that's an interesting part of the journey that you've had because that continues now. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But share a little bit about what it's like to have your musical background, but then be in a space where you can actually share that information as an educator. Uh, well, so I consider it a great honor to be an educator. And I'm sure with your experience as well in education, it's a way to directly have uh, an impression on the future of this world, the future of this country. Um, so that is something I, I take so serious and I wanna make sure that I leave um, not only the right impression, but I wanna make sure that, you know, change is happening. Um, so like I was saying, like, you know, more women playing uh, jazz music. Um, sometimes you even have gender roles and in instruments. Girls play classical music, you know, guys play that, you know, girls sing. All of those things I'd like to change. and and with music education, you're not only wanting your students to be musicians and, and performers, but we want them to just be good human beings, good citizens, you know, um, lifelong learners. So, uh, you know, there's a bigger picture and to be, to have some hand in that, I consider it a, a great honor. And a big part of Jazz in the Park, of course, has become the music education piece that we have established and connected to the process. So we always invite our headline performers to stay over an extra day, to actually work in our local public school system, to engage with the community. 
just as a musician, as an artist, as a performer, um, who might be engaged in that kind of an experience. You know, you have a big public experience where thousands of people are watching you perform, but then you have a more intimate, connective opportunity with students. Again, that has to have tremendous value to an event that provides entertainment, but also provides education. And I'm sure you understand that as being tremendously valuable. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And there's actually a connection. I, I always tell people this. There's a connection between performing and a connection between teaching, too, because sometimes with teaching, I mean, you can't stand up there and go, today I'm going to teach you about blah, 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 you know. At, <laughs> you know, students, students won't get excited about that. Yeah. So um, you have to pose that information in a certain way to grasp your students. And uh, with music, you have to pose your show in a certain way to grasp your audience. You don't want, you know, two slow songs or three slow songs, one after the other, or, you know. So there's many similarities between the two. That's kicking it up from the album Forever Jazz. 
by our friend Jasmine Gent. And now back to Kenny Anderson, host of Jazz with Kenny Anderson. You mentioned that, you know, being a lifelong learner is a, a tremendous asset in terms of your uh, career, whether it's the music, whether it's uh, the education piece, anything else that you choose to do, you're going to be wildly successful. We know that. Okay. But talk to me about what has happened during the pandemic, because the pandemic hit. And of course, it had a tremendous impact on your life. And the last time we talked, we talked about ways that you pivoted during the pandemic. And actually, you've had some tremendous uh, successes in the midst of the pandemic. Let's first of all talk about the education piece and what you've done educationally in that space. And I'm going to talk about those albums that you've been putting on the chart. Yes. <laughs> uh, as, as far as the education, um, Brian, I think the pandemic has been challenging for everyone. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, you know, whatever your status is, it has had an effect on everyone's lives. And uh, me personally, I quit teaching, I resigned. Um, the, the December or the Christmas before the pandemic hit. And I, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to solely perform and play because that was a little challenging, teaching and performing. And then COVID-19 happens. <laughs> and um, at this, at that time, I'm like, man, I love teaching. I'm not teaching. I love playing and performing. I'm not doing that. And then I'm like, whoa, you know, I, lots of um, inward, like finding myself um, I was reading Oprah's book, which is um, what I know for sure. And it's a it's an awesome book. However, we don't stop and we don't appreciate like all the beauty of just life. You know, just walk. I, I would go on a lot of walks and like, wow, I didn't appreciate how like just this beautiful breeze, meditation, things like that. So I'm just, that's my story. It's just a very small part of the big picture. I know many people have gone through some very rough times and losses during this time. So um, I don't want to minimize that. Uh, I decided to go back to school. I did an interview for my doctorate and thankfully um, I was accepted at the University of South Florida um, with an assistantship. So I'm teaching on the collegiate level and also um, taking my own classes. So it's challenging. I think we all know growth happens in the rough times, you know, not in the easy, happy times. So um, I look back and I'm thankful for the growth thus far. What do you hope to do with your degree once you earn it? Hmm. Many things. <laughs> uh, I would I would love to travel internationally and do different workshops. I was in Haiti actually last year and I did like 12 workshops and, and seminars. Um, again, it all goes back to having a hand in the future. Um, so even if it's fine arts departments in different states, I just want to teach everyone anyone, what I know, if it could, you know, in music, if it can help it in any way, just really be on my purpose, teach on the collegiate level and continue to perform. Well, let's talk about the performance part again, because you've had some tremendous successes in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, the last time, again, we had a chance to talk, you had been doing some new music and that music had found its way to the Billboard chart. Talk a little bit about that experience. And of course, since we last talked, you have released a brand new project. So uh, let's talk about that amazing part of your journey as well. Oh my goodness. Um, so it, it's another like blessing in disguise during the, um, during the pandemic, I started writing and I knew I wanted to have a new CD out. 
I love Yush Groove. I love working with him. And he actually produced it. So if it weren't for um, the pandemic, he wouldn't be able to have that free time to produce it. So I, I actually flew out to California around like July and stayed there for like seven days, recorded the whole CD. Um, and I'm, it's truly a blessing. I'm thankful to have him on there because he's that person that's like, that's the hook? No, this should be the hook in it. You know, he's that kind of person. <laughs> and we have uh, like Peter White and we have Mesa, um, mm. Jonathan Fritzman, mm. Paul Jackson Jr. And I say this just because I'm humbled to work with these people and um, Jeff Lorber, like it's, I'm really excited about it. So. Yeah, and see my uh, head going in all kinds of different directions <laughs> because every time you throw out another name, I get excited because these are the, the superstars of uh, smooth jazz. And of course, you're one of those individuals who is actually grinding and making your name as well uh, available to so many people and so many platforms. And we appreciate that. How did you meet Huge Groove? I met him at a years ago at a, at a jazz festival. It's called the Florida Smooth Jazz Weekend. And that's another person who, uh, her name's Kathy Powers, but who gave me an opportunity to play there. That's when I was first starting calling festivals, like, hey, can I play? And then they're like, who are you? <laughs> My name's Jasmine Jen. They're like, okay, click, you know? So um, she, she, you know, took a chance on me and um, I'm, I'm thankful that she did. We were sitting at a table, like in the green room and he was like, hey, if you ever need somebody to help you record or produce, you know, here's my number. And I'm like, you know, really excited about it. And honestly, for like two, three years after that, I was afraid to call him. Sometimes mm. pride, pride and um, I know we can, you know, conjure up all these things in our head. And he was just so cool about it, so chill about it. I, you know, took some courage and called him and he, he was on board, so. That's how it started, the rest is history. Um, and so talk about the actual uh, release of, of some of that music and uh, what uh, experience have you had as a consequence of that? Uh, so that CD, The Story of Jazz, um, it all came from my little time on this earth, what I'm learning and have learned thus far. So uh, the, you have some fun songs on there like Heat, but there's a song uh, entitled like Amends, which is about, you know, just making peace with the past, letting go, whether it's relationship, family relationships, whatever. Um, so just things that I've been learning, but I was very thankful for the success. Um, Amends was number four uh, on Billboard and uh, Heat was on the charts for like, I think like 20 plus weeks. So it was a, a pleasant surprise. As a, as a really, um, you know, you're having, your trajectory is actually amazing in terms of how you have uh, been rising in the industry. Um, how do you stay grounded? How do you stay focused? How do you maintain your purpose in terms of this whole notion of uh, the industry itself? Uh, I think music, I think that's always a goal of mine to stay grounded and um, stay on my purpose. And staying on my purpose, I feel um, I have to see that the picture is much bigger than me. It goes beyond me. Like, who am I? Like, I'm not immune to it. all of us, you know, face life, all of us face um, challenges. And uh, of course, I'm no better than anyone else. And um, so I have my family that grounds me. I have my faith that grounds me. Um, my interests that are outside of music. I think it's important to have that um, on a large scale. Let's say, um, let's say you're Tiger Woods or you're Whitney Houston. You know, you look at their stories sometimes and, you know, I'm sure they had immense pressure 
you know, and they're just in this one zone and you have all these people pushing you to, to do that. Um, you know, Tiger, like, you know, maybe his father might've been put, I don't know him personally, but <laughs> his father might've been pushing him to just like solely, um, solely do golf. So I think it's important. I aspire to, to be a rounded, a well-rounded individual. Um, and um, that's something I'm working on. You mentioned family and the value of family. I know that's a huge core value for you. Uh, the support and the love of your family. Uh, what impact has that had on your journey and your success? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be where I am without them. You know, uh, my mom is my manager, as you know. So uh, she has a big, a big hand in what I do. Um, and I'm very thankful everyone doesn't have that. You know, it's nothing like a business relationship where, you know, you have to be on the same, on the same page. Uh, my father and my mother are very, very supportive of uh, what I do. And uh, unfortunately, they even sat through all those concerts in sixth grade with the squeaking. And, you know, I, I listen to those concerts now. And I'm like, this doesn't sound very good. Like, you, <laughs> you know, we thought we were doing something. Um, so it which just shows the dedication of, of parents. And I'm saying this, you know, to all the parents out there um, that have children and, and kids that they support in these music programs. I mean, again, I'm a product of that. And um, I'm, I'm thankful. And it's part of the steps. Yeah, you can't really say enough about the support of parents who uh, come on board and support your dream and your vision for success. And I know that your parents are grounded in that area and uh, you feel their love and support every step of the way. You got to share a little bit about what is it like to win an NAACP Image Award? This is a prestigious award that is given out every year to individuals who have done something of significance as it relates to the mission and vision of this organization that is storied in American history and especially black history. What was that like to get that acknowledgement and what were the circumstances under which you learned about it? <laughs> uh, very humbling, I'll, I'll say that. I'm very surprised, I was very surprised by it. Um, my mom asked me if I wanted to like put my name in for the image award. And I was like, ah, no, uh, there's, you know, many awesome uh, musicians. Um, this goes back to that pride thing where you can sometimes lose opportunities because you're in too much in your mind. Um, so she put my name in there anyways. <laughs> That's what <laughs> and, mamas do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She, she, she's like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, ultimately that she's like that. But um, when I found out I was a nominee, I was shocked. And, mm. Uh, I happened to be in Australia at the same time on the Dave Cause cruise at the same time of the award ceremony. So I got this text message from Ben Tanker and he's like, Hey Jasmine, where are you at? I was like, <laughs> so, um, it's, and he told me that I, I actually won the uh, image award. I was absolutely shocked and, and just thankful. And um, again, I don't, I don't take those things lightly. So. Yeah. This is an amazing career so far. What's next for you in terms of music? Um, of course, you're in school right now and you're going to make that particular journey uh, very successfully. Musically, what's, what's the next step for you? Musically, I actually, um, it's funny, today I just found out um, that I'll be representing the U.S. in Dubai for the, um, the World Expo. So uh, the cultural world expo, I'm sure I said that backwards, but um, so I think that aligns with 
you know, hopefully traveling internationally and, and playing internationally. And uh, I'm really trying to get into the education realm as well, because I want to make sure whatever I'm speaking about so passionately, I know what I'm speaking about. You know, you look at the, the Greek philosophers and the unique thing about them is that they always were on this quest of like, not only finding themselves, but finding answers. So, um, which is what I aspire to do and I'm trying to do, so. So, you know, you got to tell us about your thoughts on relationships. You're in a stage of life where people are certainly uh, looking at you as a possible suitor and uh, you have so much to offer to them. So uh, what's happening with you relationship-wise? I I am single. um, And I know that there's, you know, many amazing uh, men out there. So... um, I love for, you know, life to naturally happen. And hopefully I, I would find someone I'm not necessarily like, you know, <laughs> looking, but <laughs> um, if I happen to run into someone who, you know, aligns with, with, again, my purpose and my goals in life, then I would love that. Okay. Well, you know, you, you just made the announcement. So it's official. Uh, people oh. are going to hear this podcast. They're going to think, oh, okay. What's up, Jasmine? What's going on? <laughs> I'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this final question. What do you want your legacy to be after it's all said and done? You've got many, many years ahead of you, but you will have uh, a portfolio to look back on that will be an expression of the life that you live. What do you want your legacy to be? I just want to be able to touch people with my music, to inspire people to play music or to just be on their purpose, whether it may be my children one day, maybe if I have kids or um, just even in, in my actions, what I do. I just want to make sure that I am a positive influence um, of change. Well, you've done that already. So the best is yet to come for sure. And I just want to thank you for always being such a gracious guest on the platforms that I have. I know this won't be the last time that we talk. It certainly uh, will be an amazing experience to see you perform once again. And uh, we look forward to that whenever that's possible. I look forward to it as well. And uh, once again, thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you, Jasmine, as always. Jazz with Kenny Anderson is a partnership with Jazz in the Park Huntsville and is produced by David Person for David Person Media, LLC. The theme music was written and produced by Kelvin Wooten. Damian Malone provides podcast platform management. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Jazz with Kenny Anderson.